0: Welcome along to the very latest Forever Blue podcast coming on the eve, i.e. the recording of the victory at Crystal Palace. I'm Ian Cheeseman with me, three members of the Forever Blue squad. Uh, We're in a different location today. Uh, Ordinarily, we're recording at Tameside Radio in Ashton under line And today, we've transferred. um, I've got my away kit on today for the pitches later on (laughs) because we're in a a different venue. Uh, We're actually at Bolton FM, which is uh, rather surreally in Bolton Market. Um, You you walk through the the deserted market to get into the studios and... uh, I'm glad it's just not Halloween, you know, at the moment, as we walked we walk <laughs> here today. Um, thanks very much to CharlesLewis.co.uk, the sponsors of the podcast. charleslouis.co.uk is the website, of course, and they are a chartered mortgage advising company. They do a lot more than that. So if you actually look at their website, you'll see what they do. Um, And you will be able to connect with Dave, who is the impresario, shall we call him that? The impresario of CharlesLouis.co.uk. He's a city fan, as uh, tends to be the way with my sponsors. Um, So if you want some advice, and it might not be about you actually taking out a mortgage, it might be your kids or something about buying and selling a house, all that sort of stuff, go to that website, CharlesLouis.co.uk, get the phone number. Give them a ring, ask for Dave, say you heard about it on Forever Blue and I'm sure he will sort you out. Uh, the three members of the squad that are here today are on the home team, because this is his venue, <laughs> Harlan, who is a uh, Bolton FM presenter anyway, who's kindly stepped in when we've had a little bit of a technical problem. Anything in for you, venue. Ian? Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. When are you on, by the way? Might as well plug your programme. Thursday program. night,
1: 8 till 10, All and right. then Saturday night, so say Sunday morning, 12 until 1.
0: So that's the time to avoid if you're driving <laughs> your home. Uh, we've also <laughs> got uh, Paul, and we've got Tony, and um, so... Without further ado, uh, let's crack on with Crystal Palace uh, and and talk about that game. I mean, for me, I've got to say it was one of the the, the worst long journeys of the season. Um, thankfully, it all went smoothly, but it was a very early start. It was I got home at two o'clock in the morning, and I know you're probably saying that we don't need to hear this story. But I got home at two in the morning. I was up again at quarter to seven to go and host the. Uh, Preston 10k So I am feeling pretty tired at the moment So I'm hoping the energy in this room Will keep me going as as we go along But it was a long journey Obviously the last thing you want to do Is go to a game like that And come back off a defeat And there was a little bit of nerves and anxiety when we did the podcast last week and the week before. By the way, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, we we focused a lot on the junior blues, the old junior blues. Have a listen to that. It's well worth listening to with Roger Reed, who is one of the founders of that. But in the one before that, we talked a lot about the Wolves' defeat. There was a, a bit of sort of doom and gloom, not entirely, because there's a lot of optimism generally from the Forever Blue podcast. But it came to the Crystal Palace game, and it all turned out right. And actually... I would argue that City should have got more than two goals, and actually should Absolutely. have won that more comfortably. Mate, how, how do you guys look at it,
2: Paul? Um, to be honest with you, um, I thought we played really well. On the on the back of it, there was a lot of players came into it, and actually, um, Jesus, I thought Jesus had a, a fantastic game yesterday. His work rate was up there as it should be. Um, on the strength of the 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 game, the previous well. Two weeks earlier, wasn't it? We've not played for two weeks. I thought I thought we played really well, to be honest. We were back to not quite our best, but with the makeshift defence we had, I thought we did well.
0: Anybody stand out for you, or was it just a collective comeback, uh, d- as it yeah, were? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think Rodri's going to be our new uh, Vincent company, to be honest. Um, he
0: but, stepped in there well. You know what, well, that's a really interesting subject that you indirectly have brought up there, because... I've said in podcasts in recent weeks that um, Rodri, sometimes in midfield, as good as he is as a player, has slowed the tempo down a little. Falling into the centre back role, uh, didn't he? Wasn't setting the tempo. It's set by Gundogan, who was actually playing in front of the back four. Because obviously, City yesterday played with two midfielders ostensibly in central defence, Fernandinho and Rodri, um, and that meant that, that the tempo was slightly different. And it was Gundogan that was setting that that tempo. But if you remember when Vincent Kompany first came from Hamburg, although, as you will find out when you read my book, which comes out next month, <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he always saw himself as a central defender anyway. But looking at what Rodri did in central defence, I'm not saying that, that this proves anything because it was one game and obviously City dominated possession, but you wonder whether actually that might be a natural position for him.
2: Certainly, because it, it, it basically unleashed Gundogan. Um, I think he had a fantastic game. Um, you know, I think me and Arlen both agree on this, that Gunderwin's really underrated and a great player. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he's been used correctly, to be honest. Um, was that his best
0: position then, do you think? I
2: think so. I think so. Um, I'd still like to see um, Fernandinho uh, back into the defensive midfield, but I think it, Gundogan in there, it works a treat.
0: It was interesting yesterday when the substitution happened and John Stones came on, um, I was watching Fernandinho and I was wondering what was going to happen, what, You know, who was going to move. And I wondered if it was going to be Fernandinho that moved forward. And I could see Fernandinho looking over at the bench and asking that very question. And then he got the message back and it was Rodri. And I almost, maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but I almost sensed a little bit of disappointment in Fernandinho. How, how did you feel when that decision was made? Because it could have been either of them that pushed forward, couldn't it?
2: I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't notice that, um, the look on his face or anything. Um, I don't know, I think I think Pep knows best, doesn't he? And he, he can see the players and what they're doing in training every week. So, you know, we've we've just got to trust him. I and mean, when you saw that starting line-up, no central defenders and people going, oh, it's ridiculous, what have the young players got to do to get in? Pep sees them training, you know, he sees them training during the week, he, he sees their attitude and how they, they, they're performing. He knows them better than any of us do, so it's all right of us having opinions, but let's have it right. This guy's the best manager in the world, yeah, um, bar none. <laughs> and he, he sees something that we don't, so you know, he picks the team and he very very rarely gets it wrong, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, um, going back to what Paul said about Gundawan, Ilkai is, is one of the finest. Midfielders in the Premier League, without a shadow of a doubt, um, completely underrated by not only our fans but I think fans of other clubs as well. Um, and when he plays in that defensive midfield role, he gets on the ball, and and that's what you want Ilkay t- to be. You want him to be that that not only ball winner but ball player as well. You want him to be, you know, on the ball, deciding the tempo of the game. And, you know, with Fernandino and Rodri at centre-half, I just think we looked a lot more controlled. And I think another reason why we were like that against Palace and why he set up the way we did is because, one, he didn't want to scapegoat against Crystal Palace because if one of the younger lads was in uh, and they made a mistake against that front line, we would have been punished. There's no doubt about that in my mind. And not only that, but if we were to lose the ball in a silly area... Um, because we weren't composed enough in them defensive areas we would have again been punished so I think he was looking for not only the composure but also players that he knew he could rely on to not make mistakes and for me when I saw the team sheet I was actually over the moon to see them two at centre half together because I believe they're both capable of doing it and next to each other it was really interesting to see the bond between Fernandinho and Rodri flourish with one not being in front of the other with them both being next to each other working as a team
0: It's funny because uh, before the game, obviously, I talked to fans on the vlog and as soon as that team was announced, there was quite a bit of uh, negativity, you know, oh, what's this team that he selected and, you know, how can you play with two midfielders at the back? Are you claiming, I'm not disputing what you're saying, (laughs) Harlan, but are you claiming that you were the opposite and that you were thinking, oh, good move this?
1: Yeah, definitely, 100%, because as far as I'm concerned now, you know, a good all-round player is is what Pep's Almost looking for when he signs a player now. I mean a good all round player, he's looking for someone that's got a bit of versatility to him, somebody that can play in more than one position just in case there is an injury somewhere on the pitch. You know, I'm not talking about playing Sergio at centre half. Nothing silly like that, but you know what I'm trying to say. When he signs a player now, I think he's he's looking at maybe can that player do other things? And it comes down to style as well, you know. Rodri's got the height, he's got the composure, can he play centre half? Well Two of the main attributes for a centre-half are for composure and height in today's game, so he clearly knew what he was buying when he bought him for not only the defensive midfield role, but if he needed to step in, he could do that job and 100%. I was, I was happy because I was excited to see us not tinkering for tinkering's sake, but tinkering because Pep had seen him for two weeks, like Paul said, and he knew what he was doing, and I fully, fully back Pep when he makes a decision like that, and I just kind of knew that it was going to pay off.
3: Um. I kind of disagree with you both to be honest Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to put the trend (laughs) Um, yeah Rodri played well I'm not saying that he didn't and I think the team played well yesterday Um, but I think there was a lot of individual mistakes yesterday throughout the team that the win kind of papers over the cracks I think there was a lot of individual errors um, which we'll get onto in a bit but in terms of Gundo. I think he gets the stick that he gets because of consistency. And I know what you're going to come back with, well, that's where Pep plays him in terms of, you know, his position. He's got his preferred position and um, when he doesn't play there, he doesn't, you know, he gets a lot of stick and I can get that. But at the same time, if you're going to be saying that he's the top in the, one of the top uh, midfielders in the Premier League, it's got to be consistently doing it like Kevin, etc. Um, so that would be kind of my only Bit into there, I think we'll end up seeing Rodri going back into uh, midfield and Fernandinho staying back. I can't see that being a permanent thing. Um, I think I agree with you that it's the flexibility Pep likes within his players. He he wants them to be able to play in multiple different positions. I just can't see Rodri staying there when we specifically bought him as a Fernandinho replacement um, for the long run. In terms of the defence yesterday... Stonesy coming back from injury, I don't didn't see he was going to play. Not too sure what was up with Otamendi. don't know if you guys know, was he injured or was I he... Think he got supposed injured. to be some illness uh, in illness, the camp right. as,
0: far as an, Him and Kyle Walker, actually. Right. Uh, so,
3: I can understand in that sense then, pointing to midfielders in there, I wouldn't necessarily throw a young'un in like Garcia or uh, Bellis in that sense, simply because we needed to win yesterday. Obviously, they dropped points today. um, And if we didn't win yesterday and we got a draw yesterday, then we're still playing catch-up. And I think as we go forward now, we're going to see a lot more league games where he's picking to win. Not that he never did, but there'll be some games where he'll say, I'll try this because I can always bring this person on and, you know, confident Mm. we'll get the win. Whereas now I think it's, no, this is my best eleven. This is the team that we're pointing out. And that's why we're going for. And that's why whatever eleven is there, I trust, you know, I'm not never going to question Pep's genius uh, when it comes to football um, and just see how we shape up. If he gets it wrong, I'll say, you know, come at the end of the game. Um, for example, the um, Norwich game, I thought Kevin was showing to start for that one, and it's no coincidence for me that this season so far, even though we played the majority of last season without him, this season, ever soon as he's not in the squad, we seem to be walking around like we don't know what we're doing, and we do seem to miss Kevin. And you know, it's no coincidence that Norwich and Wolves were the both two games where we didn't play Kevin, and obviously, unfortunately, we lost.
0: It's funny because a few years ago I did a written uh, blog, I used to do a blog on the City Sports Club website, and I, and I termed this, uh, this expression the Super 8 and I named eight players that I thought, the more of those eight players play in the starting eleven, yeah. the better City are. And at the moment, um, I, I, I'm not going to draw an exact mm. parallel, but there are certain key players, uh, and the key players for me are Fernandinho, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, The two silvers, Sergio Aguero. Now, I'm not saying it's only five.
3: I'm just giving five key players that I've singled out. When you say the two silvers, then I'm going to ask you a question here. Then where is your in that terms of that eight? Where are you putting Bernardo? Because obviously I know it came up in the podcast a few times now, and I've seen the debate on social media all the time. And me personally, I'd love to, love him in the middle. I think that was again one of the reasons where we miss Kevin De Bruyne. Is because Bernardo's not been in the middle, taking up and doing those balls and making those ones that Kevin does. Um, so, personally, I'd love to see him in the middle. But, obviously, Pep, with injuries and whatever else with have has been playing him a lot more on the wing. Um, what's it's, a real, it's
0: a real dilemma, isn't it? I mean, you know, these two will give you an answer in a second. But, to me, when you're looking at the structure of the team, I like playing with wide players. Personally... I think Raheem Sterling's more effective on the right Mm -hmm. um, rather than the left because when they both cut in, when Mahrez is playing on the right and he's playing on the left, they're both cutting in and it becomes very crowded and that means a blanket defence like we've seen from a couple of teams like Wolves, Norwich did it to a certain extent at home, Zagreb certainly did it for a long time that makes it far more compact on the edge of the penalty area for players mm-hmm. coming in. So I'd rather see Raheem on the right. Now, that's not to say he's got to stick rigidly to right, and that's that's not what Pep's team no. does. You know, he can float in, he can switch to the left, but I'd rather see him predominantly on the right. That then means that you miss Sane far more than we're all acknowledging at the moment, because Sane last season was on the left, Raheem was on the right and Sergio was down the middle and that was pretty much the, the front three that I felt that Pep went for on the strongest days now without Sane you've had Mares on the right you've had Bernardo which is what you we're talking about here playing on the right hand side and a very different layout now last season I thought Bernardo was City's player of the year he, he hit the ground running from pre-season and was fabulous all the way through so to me he was the player of the year this season he hasn't been quite the same now is that because of him is that because of the positions he's been in is that because of being in and out is that because of the the the, the potential FA sanctions on him that are still hanging over him as we record this has that affected him at all I don't know the answer to those questions I, I think Bernardo Silva is an amazing player mm-hmm. and he would be absolutely in my 11 somewhere every time I pick a team uh, as would David uh, as would Sergio even though I can see the argument about Jesus playing in some of the games and actually did all right yesterday. But yes, and Kevin De Bruyne would be in in, in all those as well. So I don't really know what the... I honestly don't know what the solution is because if you're going to play with wide men and you want to fit in David Silva, Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne into that, how does it work? I I really, you know, and and Fernandinho would be in front of the back four for me, so... Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult question to answer, you two brain boxes. Well, I won't uh. include Paul in that. <laughs> you want, Paul? you go faster, yeah. must have an answer.
2: Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't. The, the answer for me is you pay you pay a good manager to come and manage your team. True. And that's what Pep Guardiola is, you know. So it's hey, but great. If we
0: just bow down to what he says. We've got no podcast, have we? <laughs> well, no, because we can
2: talk about fixing cars and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just. I try not to get involved in this team selection sort of business. because we like it. We
0: like yeah, no, it. To yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, that's. Paul.
2: I know I do get involved, but I don't really think too much about it because I, I, I'm I, a fan and sit and watch it. No matter what I say, what matter we sit here and talk about, we're talking about it. Nothing's going to affect it. Pep's not going to. I know Pep listens, obviously. Hi, Pep. Yeah. Hey, Pep. Uh, <laughs> evening. And I know he listens and. He's not gonna to listen to what we say. He's not even gonna to listen to the fans if they booed every decision he made. He's gonna pick his own team. So it doesn't really matter what we sort of say. We can we can deliberate, we can go on about it, can pull it, pull the games apart. But at the end of the day in my eyes, it's a waste of breath talking about the team selection. So oh, thanks probably. for coming, Paul. Yeah, we'll be we'll uh, <laughs> with the different cast
0: list, not Paul.
1: Obviously, well, Paul, Paul's first bit can go then, can it? <laughs> yeah. um, not, in, in in my opinion, on, on Bernardo. And you know, you know how much I love Bernardo. Um, even in his first season, I could. I mean, I'm not saying I I said this and I said that, but I could see the positives in Bernardo when he wasn't having a great season in that first season, and I could already see. And I already put a Facebook. Story. If everyone, if anybody wants evidence, I've got the evidence there to show you. I put. You can see that Bernardo has the ability to eventually play in the middle of the park, and he's got every quality that I I remember seeing in David Silva when we signed him in 2010. And he's just he's agile. He's very skillful. He, he slows the game down at the right times. Speeds it up when you need it to uh, when you need him to as well. He's got full of pace, believe it or not, and we saw that against engine, Preston. We saw it against Preston. I think he tracked back and won yeah. the ball back against Preston, and he, he he sprinted quicker than I think anybody ever thought Bernardo could. His work rate is 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 you know limitless. He he's such a great player, and I I believe that his best position is in the middle of the park. And at the start of the season, on the podcast, I said that my two in front of whichever holding midfielder is going to be playing there would be Kevin and Bernardo together to give us two creative options two absolute geniuses on the ball with somebody that's got a good, cool head behind them and create a real balance in midfield. And to be honest, Ilkay has as kind of... He was he was in that debate for them attacking roles. Now I've seen what he can do more in that defensive position. Um, Ilkay's got a shout in there as well. And I think... At the moment, Fernandinho is nailed on to start centre-half. I think it's between Ilkay and Rodri who starts in that holding role for me.
0: Here's a question for you. right? Last season, Kevin De Bruyne missed quite a lot of games Mm. because of injury. That was the season when Bernardo shone. And that might be because Bernardo was given that role... Yeah, is that is that possible
3: is yeah. that why <laughs> yeah i mean it's selection isn't it when you've got less people to choose from you can rely on um bernardo when kevin's not there and again this comes back to i mean harlan you just said there you know for you it's Kevin and Bernardo and I'm not disagreeing with that but then everyone's going to be saying at home hang on what about David you know <laughs> what a player
1: by the way I'm not no exactly that's
3: the embarrassment of riches mm. that we've got here um, and this is where you know people have been saying that once um, David leaves at the end of this season Foden can step up but then again are we then putting Foden in over Bernardo Kevin etc I mean personally for me I think as good as David is and obviously showed that yesterday um, in mm-hmm. the game I just obviously age-wise, does he have the legs to do it every three days? Probably not. So that's where it opens up for rotation. Um, personally, if he did have the legs, I'd play David every game and um, wouldn't let him go at the end of the season. But, but on, unfortunately, you
1: know. On that as well, Tom. Just one thing that I want to say, and I don't know if I'm the only one thinking it, but I'm probably not the only one thinking it. With regards to Fordham, which we spoke about a lot um, on the podcast and, and everywhere else where we, yeah. where we comment on Twitter and everything as well, we've often spoke about a romance being connected to Phil Fordham mm. that he. You know, people want him to play because he's, he's a lad from Stockport, Stockport and he our own, and he's one of our own, and, and that's the reason why he should be playing. Well, I've kind of got an opinion on David Silver at the moment, and it's not a criticism of him. I just think that sometimes fans don't allow you to have a, an opinion on Silver starting or Silver playing, maybe because it's his last season mm. and that David should be playing because it's his final season. And a lot of people on the vlog yesterday, and said, we need to enjoy him where we can. Well, if he's not playing well, then you can't play him just because it's his last season. Yeah. You don't. You don't no start. No sentiment
2: on, is it? There should be no sentiment in football. You start on merit,
1: and there is times this season where David has been a passenger in certain games, and he's been selected for the game after. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it should be Bernardo and Kevin. Obviously, Kevin gets injured, but it should be Bernardo and Kevin then now maybe. But I just think that a lot of fans think you can't say anything about Silva, and he needs to be starting because it's his final season. But he should be picked on merit and not yeah. not romance.
3: No, I think, you know, that goes throughout the squad, to be honest. And this is where, you know, we all have our debates about, well, us three other than Paul will have our yeah, debates about team selection. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be in pub. <laughs> but we can have those debates, but we don't see the players day in, day out in training. And, you know, that's where, you know, we all say Pep's genius and he is. But at the same time, he can see whether someone's having a bad day, not necessarily training well, that we don't see. And we're going, well, why is David not starting? And yet we don't know that, you know, for the last two days, he's not put the effort in training or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know that don't quote me on that one Um, but you know this is where pepsi is what we don't see Um, for me in terms of david you know it's his last season he's been a great servant probably for me Um, in my opinion, you know, name a stand after him now I really do, I think for me he's been and we've had this debate as well um, in terms of the player post-takeover who's had the most impact and everyone always goes for either Vinny, Sergio or David and for me it's always been David Um, so yeah, I think we've got to use him a bit sparingly I think this year, I just don't think he would necessarily have the legs I'd be happy to prove him wrong on that one Um, but then, you know, we have a look at the squad yesterday And this comes back to what I said earlier about, yes, we won. It was a good team performance, but there was a lot of individual performances there that against a different opposition, we could have been punished against. Um, So, for example, there was a bit of confusion in the middle of the park in the first half between Mendy and Gundo. Um, and then it then ended up where Rodri slipped, and then Raz tracked back and got that ball. Now, against Wolves and Norwich, Sterling wasn't doing that tracking back, and it was a similar thing on the other side with Cancelo When he wasn't there, Bernardo was tracking back and telling Cancelo where to go yesterday, and again, with Wolves and Norwich, we didn't have that. So, yesterday, for me, was a great team performance, but there was a lot of individual Mm errors in there that we still can't be going, well, that's behind us. We're now going to win 18 games on the bounce now, um, (laughs) because, unfortunately, on that performance yesterday there's still errors in there that we need to iron out before we can then say right we're back to our form of but last yes, year
1: yesterday as well Tone. I think it was one of them you know we won't know until we try it yep. and now we've tried it we can go away, analyse it and if we ever if he ever wants to select that team again before that game happens he'll know what he needs to yep. drum out if that team is going to be playing in his mind to make sure that their mistakes don't happen again and I think that's the beauty of maybe trying it once we get the win so we got what we needed we can now go away and we've learned things as well. So not only have we got a 2-0 you know, win, we've learned lessons as well.
0: You've mentioned the faith that you have in, in Pep Guardiola, and I'm sure we all do, even Paul, um, who obviously is, is reluctant <laughs> to share too many opinions. I'm only joking. But uh, I know he's got an opinion on, on uh, the beer dispersal at the stadium, so oh, you'll be passionate about coming that. Coming into my own you? now, you see. Uh, but uh, I'll let you into a not a secret, really, because when I do the vlogs... Pretty much, uh, I just go around and and sort of want to meet as many variety of people and have variety of opinions. So when I edit it and when I put it together, you pretty much see everybody I meet. You know, I I don't think, oh no, I don't agree with that opinion and cut it out. I put in what people say um, and 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 everybody really. You know, I give try to give a voice to as many people as possible. So this is going to go slightly against what I'm saying now because I met a guy yesterday. He was in the Palace fan zone, but he was a City fan. So mm-hmm. the team had just been announced. So I said to him, um, "What do you think of the team?" <clears> then, <throat> and, and and his his opening gambit was very negative. And it was like, "What two midfielders at centre back?" He was he was really negative, and and I, so I finished filming him and I stopped it. And he said, "Well, I'll go on." And I said, um, "Well, you know, you were quite negative, and obviously I, I, I do a version that goes on the City website." And so that you know, you you know, I don't think that's going to make it really. Um, and he said, "Can I do it again?" Then, so I said, "Yeah, if you want." So I did it again, and he went, "Well, I believe in Pep, and whatever <laughs> Pep does, I, he could pick Edison at centre back today." And and that, and I thought. <laughs> That is actually what a lot of City fans really think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That wasn't me putting words in his mouth or censoring him. Look, um, but if Pep well, wanted Edison at centre-back, mm. you mentioned Aguero. If you picked Aguero, if, if Aguero was picked on, I don't know, right-hand side of midfield or something like that for the Atalanta game, you wouldn't go... Well, you would, and you might initially think, what's he doing? And then you'd think, hang on, it's Pepe. Yeah, yeah. th- there'd be a reason for it. It, it, it might be yeah. to
1: combat something else. Or yeah. we, how, many, how many times did Tevez play as a left winger? For us, at mm. times in that in that you know 2010-11 yeah. season and and it's and
2: it's not quite up there with a Stuart Pearce sticking no, no, there, no. David James <laughs> up front, is it? No. But you know it's kind Listen, of if
1: Bertie had started up front, everybody <laughs> would have been in the element, wouldn't they? Let's be honest. Oh, then he yeah. was a centre half player, you know. So yeah, yeah. you know it's that'd it's though, <laughs> that would have been good. Growing though, for it was that yeah. that game. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Least touches in the most wrist claps. action. Yeah. Exactly.
3: But just going back to yesterday, though, because I did the exact same thing that Fan you just mentioned did, not necessarily in that way, but I saw the team sheet and I thought, why is Soji not starting? And this is me, you know, and I've just said literally two minutes ago, Pepsi genius. But that was just me and myself because for me, if I was to compare them side by side, I'd want Sergio starting every game. But at the same time, I thought yesterday, Jesus, for me, was probably one of his better games that he's played with us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And one of, I know this is going to sound bad, but we were only offside, I think it was three times yesterday in the whole game. And considering Jesus was started yesterday, that isn't usually the case. So mm. he's getting, you know, he is improving. And I think. Um, yeah, uh, you know, next time I'm not going to go, why is Sergio not starting? Because Jay Juice did have a good game. And again, you know, he's proven me wrong in terms of he's not offside every uh, pass that he gets, which was my... Perception of him, I suppose, mm-hmm. in the past, um, that he's always going to be offside. Why is Kevin passing him that? Because he's going to miss it. Obviously, he had some howlers as well within his game yesterday. That mm. pass that he should have given to uh, Kevin backwards um, instead of taking the shot. So he's, you know, he's still improving. But he's
1: got that header on on point, and he, yeah. you know, that that that's twice now that he's scored. On the point of his shoulder. Yeah, loves it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But uh, what I mean is the technique. He's yeah. got that technique, yeah. and, and that's something that but I never work... expected to see Hazard <coughs> yeah. have. No, know, no, that, that, that heading ability, mean... and he's, he's definitely upped his game in his in, work. Areas. His
2: work rates improved. As David um, Sergio Aguero's did, yeah, Um you know Sergio, we are going about how great he is. He's improved again under Guardiola. He's got that work rate now. He's not as late. I'm not saying he was lazy before, but he's 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 a different player. And Jesus, and you listen to him after the game. He, he did a good interview after the game, and he was saying he's always learning. He's trying to improve everything. And how old is he? 22. Is he yeah, 20? He's a kid. He's
1: Know what I mean? He, he's a kid, in the, first, his prime, th- the
2: first, season he came to, as he was whizzing around Manchester in a disability chair, wanted <laughs> because of his, his injury. Yeah. So you know, we've <clears throat> not even had him that long, really. Yeah, he's, he's,
1: a, he's a great player. He's got a lot of potential, but obviously, I was in the same boat as you, Tony with regards to is he is he Sergio's replacement? Yeah. And that's the question that a lot of City fans have been asking themselves. I don't know whether we are going to go out and buy somebody to fill that void. Um, we need to we need to have three strikers going into next season for me uh, personally. But hey, uh, Zeus. Yesterday, he, listen. If he plays and he delivers, then everybody goes, "What a genius sh- uh, masterstroke that was!" If he plays over Surge and he doesn't deliver, everyone's saying that it was a daft decision not to play Surge, Pep can't win really. He's got to put the player out there and hope that he delivers. And and if he does, you know, then he does.
0: A couple of things I wanted to pick out from the game that d- definitely deserve marking, as it were, which is the two particularly two great saves by Edison, oh, yeah. which were breathtaking and were actually game-changing and. Once the game's finished and you've won 2-0 and you think we could have scored more and it was quite comfortable, there is a temptation to forget how significant those saves were because we're used to his footwork. His saves, yesterday, were out of this world, in my opinion. And, by the way, the other thing I wanted to mention was that goal when Raheem flicks it up futsal style dinky, and, dinky. and then volleyed oh, in by dinky, David dinky, 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 Wasn't that special, <laughs> eh? Wasn't Dink, that special.
1: Dinky, dinky. When, did you see the video? No, I'm not when uh, when man. they were doing dinky dinky in training And I think Raheem shouts dinky dinky doesn't
3: he No Raheem shouts dink it And Pep hears and Pep dink dink dinky And then Pep starts shouting dinky dinky, goes, dinky And goes dinky 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 yeah. every
1: time Every time there's a ball in front of the defence He goes dinky dinky and they score a couple yeah. doing it And
2: You two actually work of course we do
1: But I, I'm subscribed On YouTube you see So anything that comes up And you ask Jess yourself well, mate, well, I, I told see he
2: Because any- he, he does All computer stuff So I could understand Him seeing all this but, If well, ever I see anything On
1: YouTube Right if it's a decision Between Cory or Watching City stuff On YouTube There is yeah. not even Anything other um, anything else other than City stuff and I'm watching City stuff
0: by the way there's any uh, actors or people involved in Coronation Street listening to the, w- the, uh, the uh, and the I love Corrie by the podcast. way as well I was well. going to say we want to disassociate ourselves <laughs> yeah. from those comments Coronation Street is an excellent soap Albert opera Albert Tatlock will in in be turning north-west. in his
1: grave <laughs> I love it but obviously if it's a choice between the two City
0: <laughs> the other thing that was a bit different yesterday I know, you know, the, the, the suggestion was that I, th- I think if I read it rightly Kyle Walker was ill mm-hmm. And Otamendi had an injury, right But there were sort of rumours that they might both be ill or whatever But either, that was the reason I.e. not through selection That those two were not yeah. involved So Cancelo played at right back We saw Man- Mendy, a fully fit Mendy Seemed to fully fit Mendy anyway Seemed a bit overweight
2: to me I don't know. I might be.
0: It's quite pots and kettles, Yeah, he Mm. just looked
2: a bit chunky. Looked a bit. I mean, Richard at his
0: peak had that physique, didn't he? You know, that Mm. big, bulky physique. I mean, it's always worried me slightly that as a left-back who has to twist and turn a lot, that, that that is one of the reasons why he gets injuries, that he's a little bit vulnerable, because if you put all that weight on your knee and then twist, then you, you're going to take a risk. Whereas Yaya tended to play more in straight lines and little little runs, so he wasn't as much of a risk. But So i take your point. Uh, maybe he is over his playing weight. Maybe he
3: isn't. We we don't have that inside information. He just looked very muscular. Do you not think that's the kit though? Because I thought that about Kevin. No, I don't <laughs> look. I don't look like that in that kit. <laughs> I just look fat. <laughs> do you,
0: have you got that uh, that that Pina colada kit? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not, I won't wear that. Sorry. I must admit, I'm still not warming to that kit no, at all. No. There was a
1: few comments yesterday on on the uh, on the version that I watched uh, on the highlights afterwards, and I heard. Um, you have to be a good team to wear that kit. That's yeah, what you said. Well,
2: it's a good point. No, I, I,
1: I never really get a them A good team comments. will be a fight. Yeah, you have, to be <laughs> a, a, you have to be a good free kick taker to wear Predators. You have to be a good player yeah, yeah, yeah. to wear them boots. I've yeah. had that a few times as well, and it's like, now I've got to deliver. Is yeah. that really a thing?
0: You know, when, when, when this kit's out, and I don't want to labour this point about kit. Is it out yet? When can you buy that? Yeah, yeah, you can buy it. Absolutely. No. You see people in the rep- You can't. Yeah, you, you can buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen so, it. So, th- this kit's out at the moment, and... There is a sort of feeling that when something's current at City, um, <laughs> I'm going to be controversial now, when James Milner was playing for City and he hadn't gone to Liverpool and there were no rumours, um, I'm not saying I didn't like James Milner but I was never his, his biggest fan and yet there were a lot of fans around me who used to love James Milner. Yeah. Once he went to Liverpool, the whole tide turned and everybody thinks he was terrible. Um and, and I wonder whether, and you might think it's a strange analogy to draw, but whether when we've got a current kit that we're playing in, there is a whole tranche of people who go, you can't criticise something they're wearing. in The first team are wearing it. Yep. We, you know, you've got to like it. But in three years from now, when it's history and you're looking back on it, is everyone not going to look at that kit and say, that was one of the worst kits City's ever played in?
3: but it depends because i thought that about the 99 kit when Good that point. came out and i when it first came out i mean i was only a kid at the time but when it came out i didn't ask my dad for it i just didn't want it it were i didn't like the illuminous yellow and whatever else do i have it at home now of course i do um you know because it became an iconic shirt and if we go on in that bloody um fruit fruit salad uh, <laughs> kit and win the champions league in it yeah, will we see 10 years time you know adults in that of course we will You're because right. it's that iconic kit if we win sod all in it then no, it will be assigned to the history and of what were they thinking? Tell you what, if we if, we
2: if we if we win the Champions League wearing that kit, I won't even celebrate it because that is disgusting. Are you we really should, that guy? Absolutely, you can't wear that in a Champions League. We've got to be wearing blue and white. So, so we've had. I'm not going to Wembley because it's getting boring, which I, t- I kind
1: of <laughs> stick with, Paul. I don't talk tactics. Because um, I understand that. I don't, <laughs> no don't talk about team selections. And yeah. now we're having, I won't celebrate winning the Champions League because of that kit. No, I wouldn't.
0: If we my friends are
1: League, a groundbreaking genius. You, well,
2: that's what I'm here
1: for. <laughs> <laughs> so what
0: do, what do you make of the, the speed of the beer? Um, this oh, now we're talking here now. Well, this <laughs> we is did where, have a question about this, this is, didn't
2: we? Yeah, I think it was Rog. In fact, he stands behind me at the football, Rog. Not Rodri. No, Rog. Rog, Rog. <laughs> um, rog. He's, um, he's got a very good point. I mean, since we've been going to the Etihad, I must have missed. Me and my mate Jonah must have missed about 30, 40 goals. Um, we go early. To, we take it in turns at going and getting the beer. Jonah will de- say we don't because I tend to not like to buy him in the ground. Um, we'll we'll have time. It'll go a bit early to get the beer. You can guarantee by the time he's got served and we've rushed the beer down, we've still missed the first five or ten minutes of the second half. they used to have bottle banks which was great people coming around giving you you know a bottle but then they couldn't give you a bottle because you could throw it you know a plastic one you could throw it and hurt somebody so they poured your, your bottle out into a, a plastic glass so then you had to you know wait for them to pour it so it just took ages so the amount of money city are losing at half time.
0: Well, you know, City won't be losing it because it's well. No, it's franchise, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But City run it. Whoever, whoever the franchise is. F3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F3, yeah. F3. Yeah.
2: Is that how it is? F3, yeah. Well, that's why they're not F1, isn't it? <laughs> because they're that slow. Well, for you, the <laughs> well, Fu. Well, there's <laughs> the question, <then. laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Just on on the beer, I mean, personally, it doesn't affect me in that sense because at half time I'll sit there and I'll wait because I don't want to miss <laughs> anything. And that's just, you know, personally. But I know. Um, you don't want to em- miss the half time entertainment? No, no, exactly. That's um, <laughs> a different debate. No. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not go into but that again. Just, I noticed yesterday um, on social media, Emily um, from the podcast, she, put, she missed both goals because she was up getting beers um, for at half-time and in between. So that was down at Palace's ground. Now, I I have not been to a ground in the country that gets you a beer at half-time and allows you back in your seat in time. It's not unique to us, I don't think. So the question that I have for you guys that have been is Spurs's stadium, new one, any better because they put a lot of thought and money into these quick releases and all the rest of it. So is that any better and is that the way forward?
0: The only thing, I I, I don't uh, drink anyway, full stop, and so I certainly don't have a beer at half-time. Uh, I have been to Tottenham in the away section when we played in the Champions League last year and they have this system you you can give me your opinions on it in a minute I'm just telling you what it was I was with you yeah do you see it i mean it's like a see that's how much it's it's notice it takes on me yeah <laughs> it's like a magic glass that you put on this sort of disc on the yeah. table and it filters it from the bottom upwards now it was great watching it and you think wow i think i filmed it might have put it on the vlog or something uh but then you but is it is that just a gimmick is it really any quicker i mean to me in my sort of very simplistic way <clears throat> of looking at it um, when it comes to about 5 minutes to half time now you people are beer connoisseurs i'm not why not pour about 50 pints Absolutely. of beer and have them all stood so that when you go there you go beer please there you go bam gone
2: done I, in a second I,
0: why does that not happen i i
2: like a nice pint right i'm not a member of camera or anything like that so at, at half time it's just grab something that's cold and wet and drink it so you it's do as simple that. as that you you
0: even though it might I, in theory yeah, have gone flat why, or something
2: these two these Two two times of the game when it's busy, before the game and at half-time. So them 45 minutes in between of them two, the bar staff are doing nothing because everything's shut. So 10 minutes before, you know, 35 minutes into the game, should we say, 10 minutes before half-time, just pour a load of beer out. Have a load of people at the back, one taking the money, because they can't even count. They can't even give you the correct change or anything. One taking the money, one bringing the pint up. The queues are just dropped. It'd be just so quick We're not bothered about How big the head is And whether it's fresh And how many bubbles are in it And the temperature of it Just pour it out And let us drink it That's all we want to do Simple it's Not spin. rocket it's science it seems simple It's not rocket science
3: You've changed since you've done The Tunnel Club Paul <laughs>
2: <laughs> That is a very good point That
3: yes <laughs> Yeah, just to always explain, a explain Paul. Yeah. Paul was in the Tunnel
0: Club um, A couple of weeks ago Yeah uh, so, so let's ask you about that What did you think of that
2: uh, Fantastic But I couldn't do it every week. Um, Is I that love just for the experience? That, yeah, because of yeah your I mean, matchday I, I, I love my match day experience. I'm right next to the Wave fans in Block 111. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. It's the full thing for me. Other people, I'd hate where I am. But I, you know, the people who stand there, we absolutely love it. Um, I was in the ninety-three twenty for the Zagreb game. Um and that was just full of uh, tourists
0: is that a li- that's a lounge in the corner it's it? yeah
2: in the corner of sort of like the, just in the corner of the block 111 in the second tier um very nice beforehand, but it was so clinical it was like being in a an operating theater um that kind of no atmosphere no nothing um the the ten tunnel club uh, fantastic food was you know food was good as much as you can eat which is always you know going to please me um Drinks are served tea and all the rest of it, but then the actual match experience where you are in the padded heated electric seats and all the USB there was just so many people around us who weren't even interested in the game there was there was four or five like press people in front of us I believe i don't I didn't recognize them but Andy who was with us you know it's his, his his box he recognized a couple and all they did was laugh and joke through the game they weren't even interested in the game um to me, the atmosphere was shocking over there. I tried standing up to sing a few songs, and I was at the back, so I wasn't blocking anyone's view. And people were turning around to me to tell me to be quiet. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not. And, and and it not was for me, not. you know the actual tunnel club itself. You know, met the players as they well they met the players. And, you know, I fired them as they came in. So I was I was buzzing. I was buzzing off that, but to do that week in week out, it is so not for me. To be
0: fair, um, it probably isn't aimed at you. So, I don't mean yeah. that in any way. No, a, no, no, I get that. Way, but I get it that. It's aimed at you. Yeah. And also, it's probably aimed at people on sort of one off experiences generally. Yeah. Now, Tony may disagree with this because I know that from his company perspective, he's made use of those types of phil- facilities. Mm. So, he might have a different perspective. And we know what a committed fan Tony is. Oh yeah, it's not, yeah, It's not as if, you know, he's th- the type you're describing because oh. he wants to be there for every minute no, of the game. Yeah, you know, yeah. I but ju- but it's different for you, isn't
3: it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been around quite a few of the different hospitals. Um, as you mentioned, we work. I take clients, and it's a great way to uh, kind of interact with them when we're playing, you know, their teams. In that sense, or when it's Stoke or whoever it might be that we will. playing.
0: By the way, just say at this point that, you, that this is Tony from Hot Click Marketing. So he's the guy who has, first of all, uh, asked you to retweet podcasts and vlogs, etc. And you you will get two Tunnel Club tickets if you are the winner. <laughs> if of you the still, still want Sport. them after what Paul's <laughs> just said. But, um. <laughs> so, so Tony, thank you. But that's, that's just yeah. to put it into. You want to experience that atmosphere no i mean in terms
3: of the different hospitalities that they do tunnel club is there as an experience it's not necessarily targeted generally at the seasonal it is for a one-off as an experience for fans you do get seasonals in there and they are generally your corporations that everybody ends up whinging about calling you know the corporates and that side of it but at the same time for example i know and met Andy in terms of who you went to tunnel club with, and the last thing I would say would be he was corporate, but then again at the same time I also know he's actually got his actual tickets he uses, not company wise, elsewhere in the stadium because he doesn't like that weekly atmosphere in tunnel club. Yeah, he's so, in,
2: he's, he's over that other side in 9320. Yeah,
3: so, yeah, so he. Again, it's a great experience. If you've never done it, you'll love it as an experience, whether it's Tunnel Club Ground or Tunnel Club, uh, the other one. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. But as an experience, it's great. You get to meet the old players that are walking around, uh, some of the legends, you know, Colin Bell's walking around, Tony Buck's walking around, Joe Corrigan, and... Um, Alex Williams is generally in the foyer as you're coming in. You get to see the players coming in. Um, Hugh Ferris is there generally doing a first team interview with somebody. Um, And as an experience, you're not going to beat it. Um, It's probably one of the best footballing experiences you can have as a City fan. Now, as a match day experience, it's totally different. So, like Paul, I like to kind of have that feel of a match when I'm there that, you know, I've got fans buzzing around me and stuff like that. You don't generally get that with tunnel club and that's one of the issues that and it's, you know, I have with it is that when you sat there, you do have more of a sanitized atmosphere watching the game in the ground. But in terms of tunnel club itself and the experience is great. If you want, you know, a match day experience, then you there are other hospitalities within the stadium. For example, Citizens, which is on the opposite side, um to the tunnel club where it is a lot more fans fans so you'll have people wearing city shirts you'll have people you know that atmosphere and that's what you get from there but in terms of tunnel club um it's a, it is a great experience and it's one of the only reasons i wouldn't do it seasonally is simply because well over than money but um, <laughs> simply <laughs> because i would i love that novelty and yeah. it is an experience yeah. when you do it and you're seeing the players you don't want to yeah. have that every week
0: I can't imagine Harlan you being in that environment. I mean, uh, again, that's no disrespect, but because you are so passionate as a fan. Yeah. You know, you you and I first met when I started doing the vlogging, and, and you know, it was we, the first we, game
1: you did the vlog, I think, at home. Yeah. Everton.
0: And you and you stood out as a passionate. Uh, down to a supporter. Now, Gary I, I, never look alike. Yeah, and a Gary never look alike. Now, you, you, I, I think you probably would enjoy it as a one off, but it doesn't feel like that's your natural environment. But hmm. I, if, you, if somebody from the club was sat here now, I think that if I said, well, you know, what do you think of what these people are saying? I, 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 my guess is they would say, well, this tunnel club isn't aimed at Harlan, is isn't aimed at Paul. It might be aimed at Tony's company and his business contacts, but it's not aimed at those, so it's it's fulfilling its purpose. So when you put a Paul or a Harlan in that environment, of course they're going to feel like fish out of water, they're not going to enjoy it, it's not the thing that they want, but that doesn't mean to say it's not any good, because the quality of what they're delivering as a product is second to none. I mean, I've been in there and it is brilliant. For a specific target audience. But I'm also a bit like you in that,
3: But at the same time, that that touches on a different subject, though, with the club. And I understand that would be what they say. And, you know, I've had these conversations with them. Um, Now, they try and have different hospitalities for different um, brackets. So from your small businesses, your self-employed to, you know, your multinationals and that side of it. Now, everyone in here will know about um, the Legends Lounge, which is just next to the away fans. In the South Stand. Now, with that, they, they struggled to sell it every, every game. every Last season was the same. This season's the same. Whenever you see it, you've got that one block in the middle of the South Stand, and it's never full. But they're saying, well, we're catering for this. But then what they end up doing is, you know, giving the tickets for staff and schools, etc., to try and get it filled, and just so they've got bums on seats. But then this is the issue I have with the club, is that they we've become customers and that's not just me in terms of Tony and hot click but is Tony me getting a ticket just as a seasonal or even a thing we're a customer and I'm not a supporter and this is the same with the hospitality is that they've tried to do too many in my opinion that realistically we don't need let me just quickly do them so there's two lots of ninety three twenties in each corner and there's two lots of Joe's bars in each corner so there's four separate ones then you have citizens then you've got legends then you've got Tunnel Club Ground and Tunnel Club Premier so they're just off the top of my head Um, is eight different um, hospitalities there do we need eight hospitalities or do we want you know fans that
1: they're all in different areas aren't they Tom so they're all no, dotted, about, they're like, all dotted so about the stadium. The Tunnel
3: Club ground um, is right behind the dugouts. Yeah. Then behind that, you've got Tunnel Secondary, Club yeah. um, ground, which the one you were, that was just towards the back. Above them, uh, you've then got Chairman's Club, so that yeah. put us on to nine, I uh, forgot about them, Chairman's, um, Chairman's Club. Behind them, you've got Mancunian. That's all in the Colin Bell stand. And then in the two corners from the south, mm-hmm. You've got Joe's and 9320. Oh, yeah, you have, yeah. um, and that's on both sides. So on the Colin Bell side and on the East Stand. Then in the East Stand, you've got Citizens as well. Plus, you've got Legends in the South Stand. 1894. 1894 on in top the, of that. Instant
0: company's testimony. Yeah. So
3: yeah. it's where does it stop and where do normal fans start to get their tickets? Because come next year again, you know, I mean, I don't know this in fact, so don't take me on this one, but I can pretty much guarantee that all season tickets will go up. And I, the reason I say that is because if you don't have a season ticket, now um, your price per game so for example I bought free tickets for Spurs at the beginning of the season they came to over 180 quid for, for those free tickets now for what four times I could have got For 400 quid uh, 500 quid a seasonal so this is where the club are arguing that they will bring um, seasonal tickets push them up to make then the match price similar to what match day fans are paying and that's their argument and this is why I think it will go up but for me it's a case of well do we need all these hospitalities and and it's the
1: the location of them as well so (laughs) where are they in the stadium obviously you said the three of them Colin Colin Bell but at the same time if there's an atmosphere in certain parts of the stadium it's going to affect the balance of the atmosphere in the stadium so if you've got one situated in between well next to a singing section and then east end then that's going to affect the atmosphere in them areas and it's it's going to cause an imbalance in the stadium it's
2: all similar,
3: the main ones are on the halfway line it,
2: it's, it's similar to me the way I look at it it's like having a wildfire in Australia and it's like they, they have a fire break and you've got all the atmosphere and then you've got the corporate so it stops you mm. know I'm not saying we do a Mexican wave but you can imagine a Mexican wave going around and it gets mm. to the corporate it stops it like yeah. a sound wave wouldn't it it yeah, just stops yeah it just stops then, and it's very hard to get across that fire break then. So then the next, and it just peters out and dies. Mm. I was absolutely amazed how bad the act. Because obviously I'm in the singing bit. So mm. when you're in it, you think it's noisy. Yeah. But then when you sat where I was in the uh, the tunnel club seats, where you say behind, you know, behind the dugout, it was dead.
3: Yeah.
1: It was silent. Have you ever sat third third tier in either I the, used, e- the East or the Colin I used Colin to sit Bell?
2: third tier in the East Level Three, and that that is quite that dead is, up there, that isn't it? That is dead. But That's was that deader than that, or was it was it similar? Um, probably was. It probably was. See, I, could, at least, I
1: couldn't do that. At least the, in, in answer your question, Ian, I, I couldn't do well, that every game. No way. East
2: Level Three. It was full of fans who I think you I think you um, No disrespect, you'd fit into this where it was full of passionate fans who wanted a really good view of what was going on. You know, like a, a TV version of it, if you like. You could see everything. You missed nothing. The angles were wrong or anything. It was perfect for analysing and watching the game. Um, so it was full of passionate fans, but with no atmosphere, not not a lot of singing and stuff like that.
0: Well, there has to be room for every type of fan, oh, yeah. doesn't there? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, obviously, on the way down to Crystal Palace, I was talking to my mate who I travel with who... You know, he's he's older than me and he doesn't want to stand up at away games. Hmm. He has no choice. And we had an interesting debate on the way down about safe standing. And he's dead against safe standing. And I said to him, why are you against safe standing? Because actually, it might help you in your desire to sit down at an away game. And he couldn't see it because my argument was that if they introduce safe standing, let's say we get 1,500 tickets for an away game, to me, when I've looked at the German model and the way they do it, that might mean that a, th- a block with a thousand safe standing in it and a 500 block of seats is given to each away team rather than as it is now, which is 1500 seats, where if you want to sit down, there's, you can't. I mean, there were, there were people around me. There was, there was a lady mm. on the row in front of me who must have been about five foot six, and they were actually. Giant fair, yeah, there were Yeah, to be fair, there were people around. Trying to accommodate her so she could see, because she had no chance yeah. of actually getting a clear view of of the game. So that's that's one problem you've got of standing in the away seats. Uh, I personally, as you you know, I'm quite a quiet watcher of the game. I'm a studier of the game. I really love watching the game. So unlike you two, Harlan and Paul, who were jumping up and down and see the thing. All the the way thing
1: through. is though, I'm I'm not a rowdy. I'm not a rowdy no, no, fan. No, I wasn't saying no, no, that, no, no, the no, no, lady no. next to me yeah. said
0: to me, uh, at one point during the second half, she sort of went, uh, I heard her said to her husband, I see seeing Cheeseman, and, and because I was so quiet, they weren't completely convinced. Now, this isn't a who am I, this isn't the point of what I'm saying. The point is that she wasn't sure because I wasn't animated. Mm. Surely uh, there the, can't
2: be another one that looks like you. <laughs> very
0: true. So, <laughs> although, you know, looking in a mirror... I was going to oh. say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when, when you know, when at the end of the game, She actually said to me, I'm really sorry because I I think I disturbed you during the game and I know you like to watch it. And I said, no, no, don't worry about that. But she's right, I like to watch it. My mate wants to sit down. You, Paul, you, Harlan, want to sing. Everybody has a different viewpoint. And and some people want to sit and have a nice yeah. meal, and, and that, sit that's there.
1: the reason why I stand where I stand. or st- shouldn't shouldn't stand sit.
0: So, so do we not just accept? I hear all the criticisms that we don't just accept that we live in a fractured, fractured in a nice way. I don't mean this in a bad way, but a fractured club where different supporters want different things. Yeah, we're not
1: all on the same page, but then that what, that that's what makes our club special and our fan base special. The fact mm. that we don't all all agree on the, the same thing, but. Do you know, we...
0: so at Palace, well, next to the away section, there was a, a section of seated Palace fans who hardly made any mm. noise whatsoever. Behind the goal where they have that second tier, not the, the the Superstore end, the other end, there was a block, I noticed this yesterday, and I've never seen this before really, and it, forgive me if you've seen it somewhere else, but there was a block right in the middle, where there was a block who had no shirt on, who was doing what they do in Europe with a megaphone, yeah. but he wasn't using a megaphone, but he had his back to the, to the game most of the time, and he was orchestrating
3: the block, and I heard a few people round me going, he's orchestrating that block we've seen it when Newcastle come to us um, yeah. you see you know the guy who shirt off back to the game orchestrating them I mean for me there is all types of fans you know so for example when I go with my father-in-law um, he can't stand for the whole game um, so we don't go to triple one or 109 because of that so I'll go somewhere where we can sit and um, Personally I prefer the atmosphere so I do want to get as close to the away fans as possible but my issue in terms of the club um, and what they do or what they don't do for us fans is there isn't sections so there's sections all across the um, stadium for hospitality and generally the prime seats on the halfway line that's fine they're going to pay that money you want to give that them then I can't argue because you know they're going to be paying a thousand pound or whatever it might be whereas where's the singing section now you two are going to say south stand next to the away fans but for example you interviewed uh, the bangladesh blues yesterday um and i was actually in conversation with one of them um on social media because they were asking me well where's best to go in the ground i want an actual atmosphere i want this i don't want to be sat down now if we had sections within the ground for that he wouldn't need to be asking a complete stranger miles away where this is because i said
1: the corners i said one in each corner of the stadium mm. so one 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 and then you've got the one next to me, which I think is. I think it's 119. I think it is. Right on the corner. Oh yeah, 118. Yeah. And then you've got the other corners opposite. So you'd have um, singing sections in each corner of the stadium that would. Come into the centre mm. circle if you get what I mean.
3: you know that as a fan, and this is what I'm saying mm. in terms of those that are booking tickets that don't necessarily do seasonal or, or don't necessarily, you know, go every game to know mm-hmm. that they wouldn't know. And this is where you know we don't necessarily have a singing section or you know, I mean, we've got the family stand. That's probably the only designated area. It's the we've only got one that's named, stand. isn't it?
2: Yeah. All the other are east, west, and, and why I don't, don't we have you know the East singing section, the West singing section, as you say, have them in the corners to push the sound in. I mean, I've got I've, one of my suppliers, he's a big City fan, but he he, he can't get to all the matches. So, there's, I think there's four or five of them um, and they go, they all want to go to the games, but they don't have a season ticket. Um, and he said, I wanted to go to the, the Zagreb game. He said, but I couldn't get four seats together. Mm. He said I could get individuals all over the place. Yeah. But part of the thing is he's going with your mates and sitting down next to each other. So this is the, this is another big issue that if you look round, is empty massive pockets all all over but they can't buy seats together so you know
0: away games as well because i've been told about it's not really affected me because as you know i go in the away section at the away games but somebody said that because they have this 18 to 25 ticket that that they want to go in a group often um, Mm -hmm. and then they find that they're scattered and so they, because everybody stands up, they all actually try to congregate in one yeah. area, yeah. and then the people who are actually in that area are going, hang on a minute, there's You're five my people seat. stood in one yeah. seat here, yeah. be, uh, and, and then another bit of the stand might be more empty. Yeah. So that happens everywhere, doesn't but it? it? Does yeah. say,
3: I know you've, um, you mentioned there that, People will do want to go to games together, and I completely get that. I do, you know, I do with my friends and family in that sense. But this being said, I did um, Preston away, um, bumped into you there. Now, I didn't actually travel down, I traveled down on my own, didn't, you know, wasn't planning on meeting up with anybody. And one thing that our away fans do great at. Is the blue family. It doesn't matter where you are. Absolutely, you know, the, yeah. the next guy next to me was happily chatting away and all the rest of it. Um, you know, so all I will say, if anybody is listening, thinking I don't necessarily want to go to a game on my own, that even at home, if you go on your own, people will, you know, talk to you. You won't be watching the game on your own. There will be people there um, and other fans, like-minded fans, because I've done it a few times um, in terms of just getting one ticket. And again, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these people that likes to go on my own. I like to share the experience, yeah, but strangers that I've now met and you know, I've obviously stay in contact on social keeping um keep you know the atmosphere going and obviously keep you into the game and chat to you and as I say, anybody listening, if you are hesitant, don't be because the most part we're all a blue family and anyone will talk to you everywhere. Definitely, definitely well said that.
0: well said. Now uh w- when we get to the next international break, which seems quite a while off, um uh, one of the things I'm considering doing with the, the podcast Um, we'll we'll, we'll decide a little bit nearer the time is to do a live one where we're also um, live on video, um, so that's something that I'm considering. And the subject that we, we may well discover, you know, discuss in more detail that day will be the type of things that we've you've touched on there about atmosphere and, 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 and things like that. So um, if you're listening and you, and you want to be part of that, I don't, whether we do it in front of an audience, whether we do it just with, with, with a few extra voices, I don't know yet, it's just something we're considering, but we might well do that in the next international break. Um, to finish off this podcast, we've talked about the Crystal Palace game. Let's just briefly look ahead to what's to come now, which is Atalanta uh, in the Champions League. A victory in that game almost certainly gets City through to the last 16, which you know let's face it in uh, you know, the beginning of November end of October is a perfect position to be in. and it means, as Pep pointed out the other day, uh, Laporte will be back in February. so, mm. so that will uh, put a different complexion on that. And then, of course, next weekend, there's the home game against Aston Villa. So, having watched the the, Crystal Palace game now, I I assume that you assume that this is going to be, especially because Liverpool have dropped points, which will buy everybody, that this will be two straightforward wins, will it?
1: Um, I think Atalanta, um, we can't take too much from their previous fixtures in the Champions League because I didn't ever expect them to get beat 4-0 by Zagreb. You look at how we played against Zagreb, you know, we... We didn't beat them convincingly in that game, you know. We had to graft for it. So I don't think to, to to go into the Atalanta game and be naive is a stupid thing to do. I think we've got to go in confident. You know, we've got to we've got to look at the fact that we bounced back against Palace, um, but they can be a threat. You know, let's not forget where they finished in the league last year. Maybe they're not doing themselves justice at the moment. So I think we've got to go in there fully, fully um, focused on it, and then Villarreal. Um, they're a good side you know they've not picked up as many points as they would have wanted to this season but they've got some dangerous players they've got some creative players wesley's on fire um, they've got our lad as well douglas Luiz who can hit a shot so you don't want him getting on the you don't want him receiving the ball on the edge of the box so we've got to be you know we've got to be rough and tough we've got to we've got to get that ball back as quick as possible um and not go into the villa game naive either because you know you don't want to get stung by a team like that especially not now when we've got a then points back.
0: I can't imagine Jack Grealish coming to, to City if he's fit and available <clears> and and being a shrinking violet. Mm. It's not his personality, is it?
2: No, but I think he'll get dealt with, to be honest.
0: Um, oh, says so a confident Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah I alarm. think,
2: I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, Four home
0: games, by the way, in a row, Paul. Yeah, it's great. You're a businessman who, yeah. you know, you, you, I mean, it's a serious question. This. Are you going to be able to juggle everything now and get to all four um, games? Midweek matches are difficult. a challenge, isn't it? Yeah,
2: midweek matches, I, I absolutely test midweek matches. Um, the European midweek ones, I kind of resign to the fact that we're going to travel away. Um, so it's a two, three days, I shut my garage. But when we're going um, European games at home, I just, I can't get up for them. I can't get up for league games at home because, you know, you're rushing round, you've got to finish early.
0: It's a nightmare. Um So Southampton in the League Cup's not going to be top of your priorities No, by the No,
2: and to be honest with you, they're they're the games that I normally because I subscribe to all the, the cup schemes. They're normally the games I give me ticket to my son or, you know, let let a friend go who don't normally get to the matches. Um I normally let them them go to them
0: if I'm busy at work. about you, Tony? Are you looking forward to these next uh, four home games now in
3: a row? Yeah and no. I mean, I'm confident. I'm always confident. I have been pretty much since day one with Pep. But um, that being said, what worries me is that I was confident going into Norwich and Wolves. And there wasn't anything in those games that I thought, if we did this, then we would have won that. I think it was just a collectively poor performance. And if it was just Norwich, I'd be like, fine, that was a blip, we'll carry on. But the fact that we've had that collective poor performance against Wolves as well, i um, not worried but concerned that it will crop up again. So I'm confident we will win, but in the back of my mind I do have that kind of is this going to happen again because it's happened twice this season when in the last two seasons before, I would never, I don't remember a collectively poor performance. Individuals had poor performances, but as a team, we never were as bad as we'd played against Norwich and Wolves. And the fact that's happened twice in one season is the only thing that concerns me with any game going forward really is, have we got the full 11 switched on today? Or is there something in there that's not going to happen? So maybe a little bit of typical City creeping back in that I haven't had for two years. <laughs> maybe, you know, because, you know realistically a year ago I'd be going no we'll be doing Aston Villa and I'll be you know like one of the people um, that you interview in your vlogs that saying oh we'll do these easy 8 10 nil whatever whereas now since those two losses Slightly typical city creeping back in, I suppose. All right. Well, on that bombshell <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right Yeah, so I'm that's just... two of us not coming to the next show. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say a
0: big fat shout out to CharlesLewy.co.uk, Chartered Mortgage Advisors who are sponsors of the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks to Tony and Hotclip Marketing. Don't forget to retweet. Um, this podcast when the link goes up when you've listened to it go back to the tweet, go back to where you found it on Facebook whatever, re-click it, share it, you go into the hat and we'll draw And we've been talking about the Tunnel Club, you can experience the Tunnel Club uh, thanks to to Tony and Hot Click Marketing for the Southampton League Cup tie, obviously Paul isn't interested he'll be working away in his garage but it could be you at that game take um, my
2: name out of the hat then <laughs> don't forget of course <laughs> to subscribe on whatever <laughs> platform
0: you follow <laughs> give us five stars make a comment all that sort of thing because it all helps to get us to the top of Google searches and also means that uh, the, the bigger numbers we've got the more we can grow and the more we can continue doing these things and thanks very much to uh, Bolton FM for being our host today um, uh, stepping in at the last minute and Harlem for sorting that out 36.5 FM and we'll see you again <laughs> next week